Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. Good morning, Jenny. How are you? <laughs> I am super duper. I have just sat down with a a wonderful plate from my company, uh, East Fork Pottery, that's got my slab of cheese and some Ritz butter crackers on it. And that is that is going to be my morning munchies to help me get through the long slog of podcast recording. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> How about you? How are you, Beverly? Uh, I'm doing great. I've already had my coffee and I'm working on a water now. So we're in good okay. shape. That feels a little bit odd. Wouldn't it normally be another cup of coffee? I already had two cups of coffee. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought that you had only had your first one. I apologize. Mm-hmm. I now see you're you're right on, on track. So I feel better about it. All is right with the world. <laughs> Who's our new sponsor this month? I feel like it's a fresh sponsor. Yes, this is a first-time sponsor for us. This is Sheila O'Kelly. Sheila O'Kelly makes beautiful, wonderful bags. There's a link in our show notes and will be in the um in the notes for your podcast as well to her to her designs. Um, this month she, you can choose any of her large circular makeup bags and she will ship them anywhere in the world. And I love these bags. They're just a circle. You put your stuff in, you tie them up easy to to take with you. She does a lining on them that's very nice. Sheila Kelly does really nice, beautiful work. Um, and so um, she has said she will ship them anywhere in the world. And that is really exciting. I know we first called, I think we first called Sheila Kelly out on the podcast during our month on finishing. And yes. we, we were so excited to be able to feature many, many garments that Sheila's created with these beautiful finishes. And these bags are definitely no exception to that. Um, it's not surprising to realize that if she's going to create bags for sale, those are going to have all of those amazing touches that have always existed in uh, the work that I've seen Sheila do. So this is really exciting. Sheila reached out to us, which is something we'd like to offer the opportunity to for any small business. Um, or large, we're not going <clears> to <throat> discriminate here in this this uh, sponsorship opportunity, but to reach out to the podcast, if you've got something that you're willing to offer on a worldwide basis, you can contact us on Instagram, or you can email us at punkfrockers at gmail.com. Yeah. And we do not charge for this, but we do talk about your p- product on each episode and we are up to about 1500 downloads per week. Jenny, did you know we had, oh, we have had over 100 thousand downloads of our podcast? I had no idea. And that is so exciting. I know we are also coming up on episode 100. Right now we're at episode 98. um, But 100 is coming up. And I can't wait to see what we put together for that. (laughs) (laughs) Me either. So if you would like to support us, um, in addition to advertising, sponsoring the podcast, you can also visit us at patreon.com slash punk frockers. And we appreciate each and every one of you who do. Okay. Um, (laughs) What have you been doing, Jenny? Okay. So here's the thing. And I'm hoping I'm going to stop talking about this eventually, but I don't hold out a lot of hope right this second, but I'm hopeful, but not hopeful. Anyway, I have a lot of fabric coming in and in a twist, I think I'm headed somewhere else with my designing activity. So I've been talking for ages about the part where I want to design dresses and sell them. 
Um, and I've braided dresses out. I've done all this stuff. Beverly's got some evidence of that. And I am interested in designing things that maybe work a little bit differently than just a sort of standard website where you buy things. So I've got a lot of stuff swirling in my brain right now. Basically, we had an executive committee meeting at my at my workplace where we were potting plants to give to staff as holiday gifts. Um, we had a, a potter hand throw a bunch of pots and, and drain trays for planters. And we were planting things in them. And while we were chatting, I got the news that my web designer had quit abruptly, um, saying that they did not believe that they could accomplish what they said they could at the start of it. And I was talking through how I felt about that and, and what I'd actually ideally love to do for a business. If I could do, like do anything in the universe to get my dresses out there to make dresses for fat people, basically, what would I do? And I said, but of course that's impossible. And someone in the group said, but is it? And so we started talking through this idea with these like really amazing creative people who have such big brains. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, my thinking had been so limited on this. So now I'm in the middle of a bigger conversation about could I make this dream thing that that would be like my, you can't actually have a website that does that thing. <laughs> Can I make that come true? So there may be some pivoting going on there is really the point I'm making. But at the same time, I've been ordering a whole bunch of fabric. And so that's all starting to come in, which is startling because all of it's in 15 yards or greater lengths. Um, and I don't think any of that changes about my plan for the future. It's just um, It's just startling to have all that coming in. And now I'm having to think about how to get fabric pre-washed <laughs> that comes in in 15 years you know, 15 yard units. Do mm -hmm. I just hold and only pre-wash when I sell a thing, which I think is the final answer. But anyway, it's my brain is swirling is what I've got to say. But the other thing I've been doing is I have two designs in the works to submit to Taco Magazine, what? who put out the call for design submissions. And I genuinely do not expect to get picked at this point. I think, I think a lot of what I design is based on what I what I desire in the world. And for whatever reason, that makes me think of the silence of the lambs during the film. Um, one of the pieces of advice Clarice is given by Hannibal Lecter is people just covet what they see. Right. And mm -hmm. so the designs that I see in the world on runway models on Instagram and in other places that don't, don't come in my body size or that contain features that don't consider my body size. I covet those things. And then that influences how I choose to design. And so I'm not convinced I'm actually creative enough for a design of mine to be picked up by someone else because I think, I know all design is reductive in some way, but I feel like mine is like bonus levels of reductive. <laughs> so we'll see. But what I did was I sketched out the things where I thought I can't actually pinpoint where all of these features came from, like where I got influenced. There are a bunch of different, it's like a melange of things coming together. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited by them. I am the taco doesn't require you to have sewn something up in order to submit. And I've got like my croquis that I've illustrated very shittily on because I'm not an illustrator. Mm -hmm. So I have those going with some text that explains what the designs are. But one of them I'm actually going into full on pattern drafting mode on. And because because I'm lame, I am starting that on those rolls of paper I got from Ikea. But Anyway, I'm going to try and get that one actually drafted out and sewn up so that I can include one image of it on a fat body with the sketch. The other one's just going to go in as a sketch because I, I think between now and the deadline, I, I could really only accomplish one or the other. So, so I've thrown all my eggs in one basket, but I have awesome. a second basket of eggs I'm also going to submit. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, if that wasn't too confusing, that's sort of where I am right now is my brain is firing on all cylinders with possibility, but none of that is really translated to putting fabric through my machine. <laughs> It'll get there. It'll get there. So I'm hopeful for next week. <laughs> How about you? What have you been up to? Well, for Christmas, I made my mom the itch to stitch Celeste dress. And this is a um this is a short sleeve dress that has a um it says princess seams and in the front the princess seams it's like doubled um mm-hmm. like a bib kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little uh uh gathering at the front um at the bottom of that bib to go out to a skirt this the pockets are really cool because they're kind of built in with the way that you put it together you know you put one layer over the top and sew the bottom and so it makes these nice big pockets on the side that lay flat those remind me of the pietra pants pockets they are they're similar except for they're not folded like that i know but they're but yeah. they're similar right the it's same idea really- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same idea. And um, I made it using fabric that I purchased at my local fabric store, Domesticity. And it's the Robert Kaufman Essex, which is actually a very inexpensive fabric. It's um, it is. Yeah. It's cotton and linen blend. And it's, I don't know, anywhere less than $15 a yard. And um, it's perfect for this dress. It's not really seasonally appropriate, but my mom really wanted a short sleeve shift dress. And this one really fits the bill for it. And that fabric is so easy to sew. It's I love nice. it. I love it very much. The only place I've ever found a problem with it was um, was early, early when I returned to sewing, maybe even two or three years ago. Um, I made a Dora dress, which I think is a Rebecca page pattern and in putting it together where the darts were, I did not, I did not finish well enough. And I clipped my darts, which I often Mm -hmm. do. And at the dart point, when I, even though this one, I had pre-washed when I ran it through the wash about the third time, it frayed enough that that part of the dart came apart and I had to go back and secure it better. Had Mm -hmm. I not clipped the dart, it wouldn't have been a problem. It didn't happen on any of my finished edges anywhere else, only in my dart point. But it has always since then made me remember that I need to consider the edge finish on this. This is not one where I would sew a woven dress out of it without finishing my seams. It's one where I would feel like I had to finish my seams because it is a it is a loose weave, not in the regard that it's see-through or anything else. It's a loose weave in that you could probably ravel the edge relatively easily if you wanted a fringed yes. element, for example. Yes, so definitely. But um, it is a favorite of mine. It's also only 44 inches wide, right? I, I was just going to say it's, that. You should keep that in mind because it's unlike the Brussels washer linen, which is, I think, 50 or something. This is only 44 inches wide. Um, so, you know, you need maybe a little more fabric. Um I will say that the Celeste pattern has good instructions and it has um, a great, like it tells you when to finish the edges and everything. So, um, so you, so that you'll be um, ready for that. I do. I really like the pattern. Um, There's a few extra things in there that I thought are interesting. Number one, it has this side zip on it and I'm going to assume my mom's just going to do just like me and put it right over her head and, and, and not, not need that zip. Otherwise I'll be putting it in afterwards, but um, (laughs) It, I don't think she'll need it. Um, 
but it has, um, so in places where I would have stay stitched, it has you adding like a, a interface tape, mm-hmm. you know, and that seemed excessive. So I'm, I'm not <laughs> doing that. <laughs> I, I love all of the words that you just said. Yeah. Um, they make me very happy. And <laughs> this is one where I did some testing on this one. Oh, did you? Yes. Way back in the day. Um, and uh, and I love it. I think this one is a super adorable dress. I've made several versions of it. Um, and I love it. And what I don't know is whether or not it, it really, I think it was an extension of size that I tested for, but I may be remembering incorrectly. But I really like this one. I thought it was super cute. I thought it had great touches and those pockets are magnificent. They are one yeah. of the few pockets that I'm good with. Right now I am planning. Oh, I'm so scared, Beverly. I am going to make some zip close welt pockets. Oh, cool. 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 Terrifying. Terrifying. I think you'll find it's easier than you think. It has got to have been 30 or 40 years since I did this. And when I did it last, it was, it was so hard, but I think that's because when I did it last, I was operating off of whatever instruction Butterick Vogue McCall put in the in the fold-up flyer at that time, right? Yeah. And nowadays there are Instagram reels that show you how to do it. And it yeah. looks like it looks like you should just be putting 80 of these in every garment you make because they're so easy. <laughs> and so I'm gonna start by doing it the way the Instagram reels show, where you're not really even putting it in a garment. You're just like, here's three pieces or two pieces of fabric and I'm going to put a welt zipper pocket in it and I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. So I'm scared, but excited. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) it's fun. Like when you get uh, a welt pocket that looks nice and it's like, wow, I did this. It's, you know, um, another one that I think is really cool are um, welt buttons Oh yes, I love those buttonholes. Those buttonholes. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's so cool. Um, I don't like know a how jacket to do or something. Make, how would I make that work with a snap, though? <laughs> oh, you're funny. So that's a no. Um, <laughs> okay. So we have some news. Oh, I'm so excited about this. This is one that I think we've talked about off and on in kind of a casual way for a little bit. Because we, we've mentioned, and I think we've even mentioned on the show previously, that um, that I, Beverly wanted to go, okay, so I'm just going to start over again. Beverly wanted to adjust us up. When we first started the podcast, Beverly was like, hey, what do we think about a 60-inch hip as a, as a minimum level for what patterns we'll discuss? And I'm like, oh, oh no. I actually sew with things in that range, and there's not, there's very little <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think we've got to go down if we're going to actually be able to talk about anything except the same four pattern companies every week. And and so Beverly reluctantly agreed that that would be a thing we could do. And ever since then, almost almost two years ago, we're coming up on two years, right? Yeah. Pattern companies have started to step up. And what it's meant is where when we started, I would say less than 10% of the regularly released patterns came above a 60-inch hip. I'd say it's closer to 30% of patterns released come above a 60 inch hip now. And so, and so we're ready to take the leap. Yes, we are. We're going to make that adjustment so that now moving forward, we on the podcast will only talk about patterns with a hip of at least a 60 inch hip or higher. 
moving yes. forward. Now that does not mean that your patterns need to be a 60 inch or higher hip in order to be entered into our contest. Mm-hmm. It also doesn't mean that we won't briefly mention what pattern you used when we describe your, your entries. Yeah. It does mean that if Beverly and I are going to discuss a pattern, it's going to hit that 60 inch measurement. And I'll be honest, Beverly's going to be better at this than me because <laughs> I don't always remember to go and look because I'm so used to for decades, just picking something that's close enough <laughs> and adjusting Mm-hmm. And so it slips my mind and I'm going to have to be held accountable for remembering that 60 inch measurement. I'm going to do my best on my own, but yeah. I definitely expect to be called out, not just by Beverly, but by others. If I let one slip through, because that's not the intent we yeah. want to strongly encourage pattern companies to continue this effort that they've made to size up. And of course, 60 should be like nowhere near the max hip size company should be offering but it's nice to be able to finally settle in and say, hey, enough have stepped up that we're gonna we're gonna move to there. Oh, it's yeah. exciting. How do you feel about it, Beverly? I think this is I think this is great. I think that um it's kind of happened naturally too, where you and I have talked about how, oh, this pattern it comes up to 55. That seems to that doesn't seem enough, you know, <laughs> like where we're just like doesn't seem quite right. It still seems like it's in the small range. And so um we will um I think it I think it'll be good. And um on this, you know, the curvy pattern database, I think it was last year, changed to where they would only have yep. patterns that were 60 inches and above. And um, so for this week's new patterns, I went to the Kirby Pattern data ma- d- Database to find new patterns. And these are patterns that were released over October and November. Um, but a lot of them were um, companies that I've never even heard of before. And that's a great thing because um, she does a great job of like searching out different pattern companies. And there's some that I found that I really, I really like, and I want to keep looking at that because a lot of times we get, you know, we have our favorite pattern companies, but this is a community sewing podcast. And so we especially want to look for, you know, unknown designers that are working hard to have a nice size range. I agree. I think, I think that's a hundred percent true. And it's always helpful when folks point out um, both to Sarah at the Kirby Pattern Database, but also to us, the things that you spot in the wild that we may not have experienced yet. It is it is beyond amazing when we get introduced to a new pattern company that comes right out of the gate, especially with these larger sizes already built in. Um, and there's so much creativity out there in the pattern making community. Pardon me, that um, that there's just... There's just so much out there, I guess is really yeah. what I would say. I, I love this first one that you found from um, the company Pattern Niche that I had not heard of um, ca- called the Audacity Joggers. And joggers are obviously sort of a perennial thing that many, many, many people are always interested in. In this case, these are joggers that have um, side pleats and those those curvy pockets like jeans do, the ones that <laughs> the cut in pocket yeah. or whatever the heck it's called. But the most interesting thing to me is when I take a look at it, um, dropping down to the, the second pair of shorts that they offer, they have some where the legs on the shorts are ruched on the side. Yes. Which is yes. such an interesting feature. Um, they note that these are amazing fast sew. They're start to finish in one hour, which is like my kind of sew for sure. 
Um, and that no surgery is required. Although if they're made out of niche, you can obviously use a surgery, but they, yeah. they speak to their instructions, presumably from both areas. They do call it an intermediate skill or adventurous beginner pattern, which I can completely understand given, um, given the ruching, especially, um, but, but also potentially that cut in pocket and the rest of it. Um, yeah. They have a, a nice, I, I like this high waist yoga style waistband. That's um very, um, you know, comfy, has nice slouchy pockets. It looks like a nice cozy kind of joggers, you know, that it just looks like really comfy to, to, to walk around in. And it does require 20 to 50% stretch. Right. And, uh, on this one, the, the sizing goes up. They, they call their sizing to go from an XXS to a six plus the six plus ends at the 61.5 inch hip. Um, which when it's a finished hip is a 69 inch hip. So just to give context there. Okay. Now the next one, um, I think this is, so this is maybe surprising that I chose this. Um, This one's called the Adult Cruise Culottes by Genuine Design. And the Jen is like a Jennifer, but Genuine. (laughs) And um, it is, um, the thing that I like about it is it's a, like a pair of culottes, right? But then there's like gathered tears on it, which I think are really cool looking. Like, I mean, I could see this, what I like the idea of this is like, that could go under a dress and like make it like a petticoat almost, but like you have pants and you can kind of run around in. I, I just think that, I don't know that I'm going to make it, but I think it, they're adorable um, and they look really cozy. Yeah, absolutely. And um, these are these are super cute. I do agree with you. I love the tiering on them. They go up to a 65.5 inch hip, um, which is nice. And they do expect you to base your, your size on that hip. So it sounds like you could cut straight sized even though, um, even though it's, it's based on that hip. So you might have to do the waistband a different size, but there'll be, you know. Well, there's, it's an elastic waist hip. So yeah. I oh, mean, perfect. So you're fine. Waist. Yeah. Um, okay. This next one I'm super excited about. Okay. Okay. I do not make knit dresses. That's not a thing that I'm interested in, but this one, I think I'm going to make, this is the Inger dress from Melio patterns. It's from size, uh, 32 to 64, which I think is a 61 inch hip, but I had trouble making out the size chart because it's a Norwegian. Um, but you can get English instructions to the pattern. No worries. It is a, um, so it's, it's really just, it's a skater dress. Yes. (laughs) But it's not, it's not tight fitting in the bodice and most of them are tight fitting in the bodice. And I just love the look of this. It it's, I I don't know for me, I I think I'm going to love this. Yeah. I, I love it. This is, um, other than the not tight fitting thing. This is what I've been trying to create for my knit dress is, oh. is a skater dress, like the perfect mm-hmm. skater dress. And I, I do love this. I love the uh, the pockets in it. I love the way that the sleeves are not tight fitting. That's yeah. the thing that I usually struggle the most with. So I, I really appreciate it. Um, the pictures I've chosen to go with it are diverse models, which I really appreciate as well. Um, and it's it's super cute. I think this is a this is a really great addition. Definitely. And then the next one to me is sort of a um, a vintagey looking yes. dress, and it's a it's a dress that's going to be made out of a rayon or viscose, sort of a lightweight linen or cotton as well. The dress itself has that wide waist that you see on 
I'm going to say gunny sack dresses from the 80s, but <laughs> it's got that wide waist. And then the bodice is a button front bodice um, on one of the versions and no buttons on the other version that has gathering underneath the cups, basically on either side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the un- the one that doesn't have the button front has a higher neckline, um, not quite a crew, but but something much higher in the neckline. The other one has a V neckline with um, three buttons and a collar. Um, they both have sort of an elbow to three quarter length sleeve look, um, and then a quarter cir- quarter circle skirt shape. Um, is what they they describe the shape as. You can add patch pockets as well. And it looks like there's probably a zip up the back based on the um, line yeah. illustrations. Yeah, it's. Um, I thought it was nice because a lot of folks want a, a vintage style dress and there's not that many that come in a good size range. So I, that's why I chose this. And I had never heard of Vandenberg fashion. That's another reason that I chose it. Yeah, I I really, really like it. I'd have to go and do interpretation to know what our sizing is. It goes up to a 160 hip, which I know is bigger than my hip. Um, 160 centimeters, which I did calculate and I didn't put 63 inches. It's 62.99. So it's 63 inches. I know it's bigger than me because I've always known at my largest size that I needed something in right around that 156 (laughs) centimeters approximately, but not perfectly. Okay. Um, uh, and so th- it, it must be an Australian company cause it says it covers Australian sizes eight to 26. Which- but yeah, that 150 centimeter for the, the chest and then 160 say- for the hip. Yeah. yeah. I think the waist is going to be your limiting factor. And the, the waist on this is uh 136. So just quickly, I'm going to pop out and check that one out because I think that is it's fitted at the waist. So that's a 53 and a half inch waist. Okay. So that's your, that's your, probably your most limiting, um, measurement on this garment specifically. Yeah. Um, 53.5 is, is a, a pretty reasonable range for that in, in my experience and seems to line up pretty well with that 63 inch chip. Okay. <clears throat> what is this month's theme? Our theme this month is one that's near and dear to both our hearts. Our hashtag is going to be PF local fabric. So our theme this month is anything at all that you make using what is to you a local fabric. Now, as we've always defined this, we want to point out that local fabric is not fabric in the city you live in. It can be. Nothing wrong with it being fabric in the city you live in, but it can be fabric that's local to someone else as well. So for example, if I were to buy something from Domesticity, Beverly's local fabric store, Mm -hmm. and use it to make something, that would be PF local for me for the purpose of this competition. And of course, as always, it's not like we're going to limit you. If you put PF local in your tags, we're going to trust you that you have selected what is a local to you fabric store, even if that's a big box chain like Joanne and happens to be the only thing in your area. But you can order online or use fabric you sourced online from a local fabric store as well for this. And finally, you can use things you find at thrift stores or that are gifted you by others as, as things that would be local. Yeah. So what the the purpose of this, the the original (laughs) intent, so let's take about the spirit of it. The spirit of this was because, um, you know, January can be a tough month for small businesses. Um, As a community podcast, we're interested in supporting the sewing community. We think that small businesses are uh, essential to having a, you know, a, a really robust 
sewing community. Um, they usually have the most interesting fabrics in my experience. Um, it's these sort of small business fabric stores, but um, they may, a lot of areas don't have that. Jenny, in your area, you don't have like a, a small, like a shop like Domesticity or a shop, you know, um, like StyleMaker or whatever. Um, but we want these, we really want these uh, companies to survive. So we thought that that's why um, we selected this hashtag. But we also yeah. know that that's not um, something that everybody can do. So however you interpret this, whether it's the only local store that's in your area or a local to somebody else, but small business that you'd like to support, we're going to take any of those. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think that's um, that's really one of the biggest things we're looking for there. I am going to include a um, a link in the uh, show notes to the um, globally local fabric store collection we had built previously in Google Docs or Google Sheets, rather. And um, that is not in any way to imply those are the only shops that count. There's a lot that's been created since then. It hasn't been updated in over a year, um, but it's a it's one place you could go to learn more about what might be um, what might be a fabric store of the type that you might want to support in the coming month. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a it's a simple challenge. Um, January is a is a it's an interesting month. Um, for me, I love January. It's a new start. Christmas is over <laughs> and, um, it, it, it feels fresh. And even though it's winter time, yeah. um, I love the coziness of January. So, um, I can't wait to see all the different, and I hopefully, yeah, tag your local, st- these stores, um, because it may give us a whole new, um, list of stores to, to look at. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a really great idea. Um, I, of course, always enjoy finding, I know when I was at my, I have a local quilt shop, which is some of what domesticity does. Yep. But my local quilt shop has maybe five rayons that are for sewing garments and a handful, less than five, maybe knits that are for sewing garments. And so it's not quite the same, although they recently on a visit told me they were looking for another storefront in the same area so that they could open an apparel-based that would be fabric awesome. store, which would be incredible. It's something where if they were to do that, I would be reaching out immediately to see if they want someone to teach classes. Yes. <laughs> that would be so fun. Um, does Ashland have any? Asheville does not have any apparel-based sewing stores. They have, or not that I've found. They do have some that specialize in sort of retro fabrics. They have a cloth makers guild locally. There are lots of really great things in Asheville to support the sewing community, but I have not found a sewing store since um, since the one that I loved previously closed, mm. I'm going to say like 20 years ago, okay. <laughs> which when I think about it, I always think like they closed what a few years back, but it's, it's like 20. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But there's always, I always hear talk about it, like somebody being like, hey, maybe I should open something up. And I'm like, oh my God, I I don't know what to tell you, except that you could probably get 10 grand a year off of me. <laughs> so, so I know that doesn't support a store, but I can't be the only one. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, it's nuts. I'd love to see more. I do enjoy when I travel around seeing that. Of course, my, my favorite um, sort of local fabric store is... Uh, um, Oh my gosh, 
Fine Fabrics USA down there in Georgia. They've opened a third location. They are primarily dead stock-ish, although some of the fabric is the kind of dead stock that's sort of intentionally created um, dead stock. But there's a lot of really interesting things that they provide down there. It's always um, exciting to go down and see see what's new, what I've never seen before that's uh, that's available there. Um, and I, I love my travels over to Raleigh-Durham, particularly um, for some of the fabric stores that they have in that area as well in North Carolina. Um, I'm forever looking for other fabric stores in the Southeast. So definitely tag us on anything that's in the Southeast. And I am genuinely hopeful that this year, maybe maybe this summer, if Beverly's up for it, that we could make a, a garment district trip. Oh, that'd be awesome. I mean, I would, I would love to, to head up that way, find ourselves someplace to stay, I don't know, in New Jersey and then take the train. (laughs) I'm I'm thinking cheaply. Uh, (laughs) I'm cheaping out at the last minute because I want to save all my dollars for the garment district, but I would really, really love to take a trip like that with Beverly. It was so fun when we got to do that in Philadelphia. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. (laughs) I finally got it right. Okay. What what have you got on local fabric stores? What are you most looking forward to supporting that isn't domesticity, which obviously you will continue to support? I will continue to support domesticity all the time. But um, I am interested in looking outside of my usuals. Now, that does not mean that I will not be going to Style Maker. I love Style Maker. Um, But I'm also going to look at that list that you have and try some new new to me stores uh, and see what they have to offer. I think that'll be... That'll be a fun thing this month. That's something I've really enjoyed this year is going out and intentionally, because we're going to talk about my statistics come January, right? Sometime later this month, we'll be talking about sort of my statistics on last year's experiment on trying to shift my buying away from big box stores to smaller stores. Can't wait to hear how you've done. I've I've really enjoyed it. I feel like I've done a pretty good job. of of doing that, um, of really shifting the way it goes. And of course, I was significantly assisted by fabric.com shutting down in October. <laughs> um, that made it much harder to shop there. Um, but even leaving that aside, I, I think I've I've really done well with intentionally doing it. One of the ones I'd love to call out is I, I really enjoy Seams Fabric. Um, that's a place I've continued to go back to now. Occasionally they've also reached out to me and said, would you like some free fabric in exchange for sewing something up for a promo we're doing, which I always appreciate. I'm always on the lookout for those opportunities, but I, I continue to go back outside of that. I follow their Instagram and am definitely excited when they announce new fabrics or sales and, uh, and hit them up for some significant buying at that time as well. So. Yeah. Please let us know your favorite, um, small shops to buy from. Uh, and we'll be looking into those and maybe talking about them this month on the podcast. So we're at the part of the show where we would normally run down all the ways you can support us, but I think we may have done that at the top of the show. So it feels like it would be slightly repetitive. So we will see See you you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Punk Frackers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frackers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art.